Hi everyone and welcome to another episode from Productivity Matters. In fact, this is the last in the current series. I know. But don't worry, I'll be back in the new year. I've had a lot of fun making these, so in the great tradition of end of year shows, I thought I'd take a look back at what I've talked about over the last few weeks. So this podcast is called Productivity Matters. And really, to understand how the tools and methods can help us, we need to understand productivity and what it actually is. Well, productivity means different things to each of us, but one thing I think we can all agree on is that it means to get things done in the most efficient manner possible. And it may be that the easiest way to do this is using good old-fashioned pen and paper. However, the tech world has absolutely thrown at us all sorts of apps to help us try and get things done better. So one of the things you need to help you make sure you get things done is a task manager. And, you know, tasks are one-off single jobs or they're part of a bigger project that are broken down into more manageable chunks of work. The market is a flood with task manager apps. Things like Good Tasks, Things 3, Wonderlist, Tick Tick, and even Google have one. I personally use Todoist for my task management. And the main reason I chose this is the ease of use and the integrations into the other tools that I already use. One of the strengths of Todoist, I find, is the ability to use natural language to set dates and times for reminders. It's simple to just to type in, call mum every Wednesday at 6pm. And Todoist will automatically create a recurring task that appears each Wednesday at 6pm. Or, and the pop-up can pop up 10 minutes before or whatever, so I, I never forget. On the paid-for version, you do get extra functionality with uh, labels and reminders. Uh, you get the ability to add tasks via email, which is really good. All you need to do is forward the emails directly into Todoist, either directly to the uh, default inbox or into a project. You can add task comments and do file uploads. There's productivity tracking, there's your karma, which is really good fun. No, no bearing at all on, on, the, uh, on the ability to do tasks, but it just adds a little bit of a fun element to it. Uh, and you can also uh, synchronize your tasks into your calendar so you can see them all in one place. Like I say, I use the premium version, which is approximately 28, well, it is 28 pound a, month, a year in the UK. Um, I'm not sure what that transpires into uh, dollars. I think it's about 36 dollars per year. Next up, it's Evernote. And, and the reason for that is Todoist integrates very nicely with Evernote. So any reminders I set are automatically created in Todoist. Evernote is my note-taking app, uh, note app of choice. I've tried others such as Bear and OneNote, but I just can't seem to get on with them that well. And maybe that's because I've been using Evernote for so many years. I think it's, uh, it's coming up to around about 80 years. So it's second nature for me. Certainly, Evernote have had some negative press over this last year with their new brand image, but the product itself is extremely stable. I use Evernote for almost everything, from scanning documents to store them, for storing e-receipts that arrive by email, and also their web clipper, which I use to capture and save information from the web, and that really is a fantastic piece of, uh, of functionality. Evernote has a basic free version, which is fine for many, but if you need to upload lots and lots and lots, there's a premium offering which unlocks a 
boatload of functionality. So next up in the uh, arsenal of apps that I use to keep me productive is security. Um, I use uh, an app called LastPass. I've talked about security uh, quite a few times, but in one episode we, we looked at specifically being safe online and keeping your passwords safe and general steps that you can take to make sure you don't fall for the scammers that are just so prevalent, especially at this time of year, phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, i.e. the fishing of the data kind, not fishing for in a lake. <laughs> They're increasingly clever nowadays. And staying safe online doesn't have to be hard, and it needs to be considered at all times. Here are a few simple steps that you could take to stay safe. Don't write your passwords down where you can easily find them. Um, not where you can easily find them. Don't write them down where they could be easily found. Obviously, you want to be able to find them. Never give out your credit or debit card PIN number. Change your passwords frequently, and I think that's probably the scary bit. Use a different password everywhere. That's even scarier, but that's how a password manager can help you. And be aware of the phishing attacks. If an offer looks too good to be true, then it probably is. And I also talked about multi-factor authentication also known as two-factor authentication as an added layer of security it sounds more complex than it actually is but all you need to do is set up a second device which acts as a barrier for the scammer so when you log in to an online account you'll need to use your mobile phone to authorize the login so even if the scammer has your login and password without your second device they won't get access to the account so a good password manager will help you to keep passwords safe. When you create an account online, you can ask it to automatically generate the password for you. Um, in a number of cases, I don't know what the passwords are for my accounts. Uh, it's, I mean, I can go and find them because they're in my password manager in LastPass. There are others out there. There's one password and there's also Dashlane. There's a couple of more examples. It's well worth investigating them. They're easy to use uh, and they take away the stresses of thinking about what happens if you're your data gets stolen and whilst we're on the subject of being online I looked at a couple of uh, I had a couple of episodes around online storage and online photo storage in, in both of those I claim that Google was the winner I still maintain that as a service Google really is second to none um, because uh, number one they're available across all platforms so you're not constrained by the device you use and they're free to use Although I did caveat that statement, since Google don't charge you for any of their services, they do make their money by selling information for advertising purposes. So whether you class the service as free, it's probably semantics. The majority of us have a Google Gmail account, and we probably already use apps uh, for photos, or Google Drive, or Maps, or Translate. There are other photo online photo um, services, Apple, for example, has one for their iOS um, and macOS uh, devices. Amazon have one called Photos, which is free for Prime members. Uh, and also for online storage, you have Google Drive, you've got uh, Microsoft OneDrive, and Apple, of course, have their iCloud, which again is for only for Apple users. And then a couple more generic ones, such as Dropbox and Box. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm fairly busy. Things are happening all the time in life, and time management is quite important. So the calendar that I use is Fantastical 2. 
So I know that each operating system has their own calendar built in. You've got calendar on iOS, Google Calendar is built into Android. I prefer the way that Fantastical 2 can be used to enter information. It's got a natural language, uh, which means I can just type in lunch on Thursday at three o'clock and it'll literally just add that in at three o'clock. Although why I would have lunch at three o'clock on a Thursday, I have no idea. Um, it's available, uh, Fantastical 2 is available on iOS and Mac and it has some great Apple Watch integration too. Uh, it's uh, also integrated very well with Todoist. On the iOS version, you can choose your default Maps application to open directions from either Apple or Google. Uh, and you can also choose a default browser for opening links. Uh, on the Mac version, I have a work calendar set up so I can automatically display the work calendar when I arrive in the office, which uh, allows me to concentrate on what's ahead of me for the day and not be distracted by personal events. And then when I return home, my personal calendar is displayed. It's not free, uh, it has to be said. Like um, the others, they are free. Um, the Fantastical 2 app is not free, but you do get a whole lot of bang for your buck. So coming up now is a, an app that is relatively new, has been gaining traction over the last few months. Uh, it's an app called Notion. They, they bill it as Lego bricks for software. It can be used for pretty much anything and it is one of the fastest growing apps this year. Uh, you can capture notes, you can add tasks, you can use tables, there's a calendar, you can upload images, you can link to other sites. There is so much you can do with it. There's relational databases. It's not as good as Evernote for note-taking. It doesn't have all the functionality that Evernote offers, and the task manager isn't quite as good because it can't do recurring tasks. So it's, it's not as fully featured in each of those areas, but to have everything in one place is quite good. And I've been using it more and more over the, 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 the last year, just it, getting to, to understand it. It does cater for everyone. It does have something for everyone. And it's definitely worth a look. And it's free to use. Uh, you get 1,000 blocks of information you're allowed to, to store. And a, a block is, is literally a, a piece of text or a, a block of text or whatever but um, you can delete them to free up space and then you can continue to use it for free so it genuinely is free but there are paid for options available too and right, now we get on to uh, some of the, the, good, the good stuff that, that is less productivity in terms of work and more for enjoyment there's a there's three apps that i use daily multiple times a day uh, to help me get my fix of news and articles that i want to read there's feedly first feedly is a news aggregator and it's brilliant at serving up the news i choose to receive uh, they've recently been undergoing some enhancements and the upcoming new version is totally brilliant i've been uh, involved in the beta in that uh, and even before that in the lab app that they had running um, and to see that being developed is really quite exciting uh, the other app that i use every day is pocket um, they've also had a makeover this year pocket is where i capture all the articles and new items i want to read later it syncs up to be able to be able to read on offline and the update uh, that they've put uh, out this year really is smoothed out of the experience and they have a read out loud functionality uh, which they've made more prominent and it's actually really good so you can it'll read the articles to you but it's not quite as robotic as some others so well worth uh, having a, a look at that and for podcasts i use pocket casts and they've also had a new release which i did a, an episode about a few weeks ago on their version 7 
I listen to tons of podcasts. But there are other apps out there. You've got, obviously, Apple have their own podcast app. Google have their own podcast app. There's CastBox. There's Overcast. And in the new year, I will take a look at some of the others as well. But Feedly, Pocket, and Pocket Casts are all free to download and use. And they all also have premium versions available. So automation is probably one of the biggest parts of making yourself as productive as possible. And using technology to stream your workflows means you can spend time doing what you need to do. So um, I gave some examples of this in the episode that I did about IFTTT and Zapier. Uh, IFTTT, if this, then that, I use to, for example, update a shopping list or post a photo that I've taken and put on Instagram will automatically post it to Twitter. Uh, and I use Zapier to do a number of other things, uh, such as updating Google Sheets uh, with information. For example, if I've ordered something from Amazon, when I get a confirmation email, then Zapier will pick that up and will put the information into a line on a Google Sheet so that I've got a, a spreadsheet of everything I bought on Amazon. Saves me going back through all of the confirmation emails I've received. Again, both of those are free to use. IFTTT is available via the web and as an app. Uh, Zapier is only available via the web. And there is a cost for Zapier if you need to do more than what the basic offering is. Wow, it's, uh, it's been a busy few weeks, hasn't it? Uh, I've got one more here, Drafts 5, which is an app purely for capturing text. And it's brilliant. That's exactly what it does. And you can add some formatting and there are some integrations. So you can update a field on the Draft 5 document and then run an action, which will run a zap from Zapier. And then it will add a line to a Google Sheet. So it's really quick to do. Saves having to open the sheet and navigate to the row and type the information. I also use Drafts 5 to add to my Todoist to-do list, uh, so I can enter the task details in Drafts 5, uh, run an action that will create a task directly, and then probably one of the, the most useful times I use it anyway is if I get an email with lots of dates for meetings, I can enter each one of those meeting dates and times on a line in a Drafts 5 document, uh, run an action called Fantastically Good Event Parser. It will take those lines and create separate events in Fantastical 2 because of the natural language ability of the app and it just saves a ton of time. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, Drafts 5 is only available on iOS. There is a Mac version in the works, so uh, hopefully we'll see that in the not-too-distant future. It's free to download and use, but of course, as always, there is a Pro version which does unlock additional functionality. But I should stress that this is not necessary to get the main benefits of the app. The developer has been very clever and has enabled the app to be used in its almost full entirety without having to pay there is just some additional extras that if you need them it's worth paying for so that's it i've looked at todoist evernote ifttt zapier drafts 5 feedly pocket pocket casts google drive fantastical 2 Google Photos, Notion. It's been a wild old time and I hope you found this episode and indeed the series interesting. Links to all of the apps I've mentioned are in the show notes. If you have any questions about anything I've talked about or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, then please get in touch via Twitter at Prod Matters. 
I will return in the new year with a fresh look at some of these apps and a look at more productivity apps and ideas to help you get better at getting things done. And of course, all the previous episodes are available to listen wherever you normally listen to podcasts, so please don't forget to subscribe so you're ready for the new series. If you've already subscribed, then thank you very much. I really do appreciate it. Have a great time over the festive period, everyone. Wishing you all a very productive new year. And until next time, remember, productivity matters. Thank you.